everybody. Welcome to Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Our, who are we? <laughs> my name's Evan William Crock, and this is my trusty co-also host. I'm Josh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. Well, we lost him. I guess it's just me this episode. Uh, crap. Um, I'm, I don't carry the energy of this enough to nearly make this podcast happen. Well, that thanks, Josh. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. We're two lifelong friends that come together once a week to talk about a movie from our childhood. I'm here in the beautiful Portland, Oregon. Josh is in the poopy, stinky Chicago. <laughs> you know, if I really want to do local advertising for this show, you, you got to stop saying that. <laughs> you got to stop. Oh, I mean, it's true that the snow is melting, so all the dog shit that people weren't cleaning up in the snow is now defying, and there's it's covering oh, the streets. But, oh my god, uh, I didn't need to know how honest <laughs> my review. Well, of I mean, yeah, Chicago you, you like went one down that most, road. You might as well. Chicago is one of the most it. beautiful cities in the country. I think that's why it's funny to be like it's poopy, stinky. <laughs> it's like literally one of the most beautiful cities on earth. Just, okay, well, just like you're, you. you're flipping around from worst to best. Like, <laughs> none of this feels genuine. So why don't you continue introducing the show? Hey, Ashley, love you, girl. <laughs> anyway, we come together once a week, and we talk about a movie, and we decide whether that movie has aged well or has aged poorly. At the end of the episode, it gives a rating of either Be Kind and Rewind or Eject and Reject, denoting whether it's worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck. Can I tell you about a nightmare I had last night? I've been waiting to tell you about this. <laughs> yes, you can. Does it have to do with me? Uh, what? No. Does it need to? Well, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know why you were waiting to tell me about it. Because it was fun. Ugh, whatever. Now it's not going to be as interesting. Oh, no. Anyway, well, if it doesn't I, have me in it, I then ha- yeah, it's not that interesting. <laughs> I don't remember the dream, per se. All I remember is that right before I woke up, I was kind of dream remembering one of the particular, I think it was the final reprise song of uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, which I believe is called Superheroes. Uh And for some reason in this dream, I was so caught up in this feeling of longingness and missing and like heartbreak. And it was just over this song. It was like as if like my significant other had just been like ripped away from me or something like something devastating was happening. But all that was happening in the dream was I was hearing that song (laughs) and I woke up and I had the most intense feeling of, um, oh, my God, I need to go watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like because I was so upset, like it was like taken from me or like ripped away or something. It was really weird. Wow. Huh. It's like a significant other, like or like a, a loved one dying, except it was just a song from a musical. Huh. Wow. Right? That was really. It was really weird. That is really weird. All right, Josh, you want to tell the fine folks what we watched this week for tapes, tapes, tapes? Oh boy, we watched. 
um the office the office space (laughs) it's because uh, office is off of netflix so i'm like yeah is it oh well we yes we watched office space which yes if you google office space you'll basically you'll find the office you'll also find i i learned office space in your area like rent like corporate real estate like rentals (laughs) yeah like rentals i was like no i want I want the 1999 American black comedy film written and directed by Mike Judge. Good old oh. Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Good, yes. Good old Dangle Mang. Did he do any other shows? Um, I don't know if he actually did more stuff, but that's definitely what he. Oh, uh, The Good Family, I guess, is one. I don't know. I never heard of it. I'm kind of curious now. Well, but but yes, Office Space, uh, cult classic, you know, office satire movie. Um, you want to you want to hit the fine folks with a synopsis? Uh, okay, let's go with well, the one that Foggy wrote. Uh, <laughs> Peter Gibbons, thanks to his hypnotic suggestion, decides not to go to work at the same time his company is laying people off and ends up getting promoted as suggested by two consultants. When layoffs affect his two best friends, who, oh, okay, you did mention Peter Gibbons. When layoffs affect his two best friends, the trio conspire to plant a virus in the company's banking system that will embezzle a small amount of money on every transaction into Peter's bank account. It doesn't really tell you what the movie's about. Yeah, I mean, this movie is—it's—it's it's a comedy. It's—it's it's, if you're familiar with King of the Hill or—and I just—I just looked it up. Apparently, he's the executive producer on Silicon Valley. So like, and he was a co-creator yeah. of that show. So like, makes perfect sense. This guy, okay. This guy, Mike Judge, really knows how to make mundane office situations like just hilarious (laughs) like yeah he's good at that dry mundane stuff that's that's like what what he does he also did idiocracy i know that's a well-known i've actually Mm -hmm. never seen that movie but um it's very like john waters and uh yeah what's his name that does uh best in show and all those movies oh um oh god christopher guest spinal yeah yeah christopher guest so that that's kind of like the style that you're getting into in terms of what actually happens in the in the show the movie um you got ron livingston um who who plays the main character and he like he gets hypnotized by the same guy, by the way, who's the scientist in Richie Rich? Shout outs. I don't remember. I was trying to pinpoint yeah. how I knew him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. There. Okay. Mike. Um, that guy just keeps coming up in weird ways. Mike McShane. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was around in the '90s. He was doing. He was doing his thing. But we were really plugging him on this particular like constellation of movies that we're choosing. Like he's. Coming up, quite yeah. a bit. He, he he well he got around. I mean, what can you say? Um, but yeah, basically he gets hypnotized and he kind of changes his whole attitude. And then when he comes back to work, like he's he's not bothered by anybody anymore. And like the system of work for all the for all of you people who have worked an office job, and I myself have worked an office job for years now. Like you kind of know, like there's this culture of like there's this cubicle culture that exists and like 
if if one person is kind of going against that grain, like that's what ultimately ends up happening is he he goes against that grain and these two consultants who yeah are in there to like fire everybody, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy is like amazing. He's like this total leadership quality guy. And so anyway, I mean it's I don't know how specific we need to get into the the plot of this movie. It's what it's an early nineties satire on white collar working in an in an office. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody kind of rising up to say no to that. It's kinda like the movie yeah. uh falling down except less violent. Oh, I've never I've never seen that. Uh, um had glad you, I made that reference. Had you, <laughs> had you seen this movie before? Like was this a part of your childhood? This wasn't a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. I kind of sidestepped this one mm-hmm. uh to a to the idea that it's a to the degree that it's a cult classic. I've definitely seen it. Yeah. I wouldn't say I saw it on I'd say I saw it until high school, but it didn't really register. I don't really I I remember watching this and not really taking much from it mm. and just kind of letting it pass by. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I definitely didn't put together that it was Mike judge, uh, because that probably would have been a big selling point for me back then because I was a huge, me and my dad both were huge on Beavis and Butthead. That was like what our, one of our first naughty boy MTV shows that we watched together <laughs> didn't really yeah. get on to King of the Hill until college. And even then I didn't watch that much of it, but mm. uh, yeah, I didn't really register as Mike judge and there was nothing else really about this show that pulled me in. I wasn't really working in an office setting, but that really doesn't have to do with this movie, whether or not you can relate to it. Yeah. I mean, I uh, like, I so watched, I guess there's not, not really, I watched it when I was a kid, a bunch. This was like a big family movie. Oh, okay. We would, we, I would watch this with my parents and with my brothers and we would just like, there, there's all kinds of just little jokes and memes from this movie that we, um, you know, that we'll get into like, you know, Sounds like somebody has a case of the Mondays. <laughs> like, there's so many lines in this movie, and like, we'll we'll do imitations of the Milton character doing like make make me deeply Yeah, you you've pulled out that Milton uh, yeah. impression, but many times before. Yeah, this, so th- this was like definitely a a Crockett family film, um, which doesn't make any huh. sense. Like when I was a kid, I mean. Because when I was a kid, I didn't understand any of any of like the nuance of of like working in an office and like the little tiny irritating things that like build up over time. But I still was able to understand the humor behind it, I guess. Yeah, I was kind of trying to think about that. Like, how would I perceive this as a little kid? And I think I would still find it funny because it's still a funny movie. Right. Even though it's office stuff. I guess <laughs> the thing that I find funny about your family, it being kind of a family movie for you guys, is, you know, no no jab at you guys, but, like, your dad is, like, a very well-established architect. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, your family, they're relatively, like, well-off. Oh, we're very waspy, kind of imagine. Yeah. I can kind of imagine your family watching this movie and kind of like laughing, like, is this what white collar lower class jobs are like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, no, not really. No, not, not at all. I mean, we like 
we we kind of grew into that but this is how i think that if i had to guess that's per, like watching this movie probably really resonated with my parents because they were of the generation where this started to become the norm right mm, like working yeah. working in an office i mean they they both worked um for a long time in fact like their first jobs out of college at least for my dad like him and my mom were both working um and she was you know she was making more money than he was but they were both just doing like this kind of office work so and then of course us kids came around so like i don't know you call it like a decade of working in and in a very like typical office environment um and the movie just has so many like it has slapstick and it it's has, relatable. I didn't really yeah. walk into this episode planning to take a jab at your family. Oh, you and can. And now that I'm here, <laughs> no, you can. I feel a little regretful. But at least you didn't call here. my mom a psychopath. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, Why are you never going to let me have that happen? Get over it. Okay. Um, no, but, but yeah, this movie has always been a classic to me. Like, I... Uh, yeah, it just it, it's always been one. So a little bit about the movie itself. It's actually based on um, Mike Judge had a Milton cartoon series um, based on that that character who um, is played oh. is played by Stephen Root who plays uh, Bill in uh, King of the Hill. So there's there's quite a bit of crossover there. This was also filmed in Texas. It was filmed between Austin and. Where I think Austin and um, Dallas, um, the two cities I can name in Texas. <laughs> what about Houston? What about San Antonio? All right, that's it. That's all of Don't them. Don't know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what. What did you say? Huston. Huston. Yeah, Huston. Okay, I guess we're really bad at advertising <laughs> in these states. Let's do a. Not- let's do tapes, tapes, tapes live in Austin. <laughs> uh, Austin. Yeah, Austin. Sure. Um, and it didn't, it didn't make very much money. The, the, the budget was 10 million and only made 12.2 million at the box office, but it has, um, it has sold well on home video. And so it has become, become a, 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 I would, I would say, I would make the argument this movie is like a household name. Like, I feel like everybody knows about office space. Yeah, I really, I, I mean, in terms of modern office comedies and kind of that stuff, I mean, it really kind of starts with this movie. I mean, I the office, like the UK office, probably wasn't wasn't too far after this. But yeah, I can't really think of anything that's like earlier than this that that really drives into working in a you know cubicle. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and kind of the. Uh, the mundanity, the the joyous mundanity that that comes with that. Um, all right, well, I, I I think that's enough background. We probably need to take a break and then uh, come back and talk about oh, watching. God, I need a break. Oh, we gotta take a break. Oh, you sound really desperate. Okay, yeah. all right, everybody, we'll be right back. Yeah. Hey, y'all! If you can believe it. Tapes, Tapes, Tapes is in its fourth season. The boys are once again here to help decide the fate of movies stuck in cinematic purgatory. 
Oh no, the suspense! Remember, you can follow Tapes, Tapes, Tapes on Instagram to stay in touch with the show between episodes. You'll find announcements, surveys, and more. If you'd like to take your relationship with the show to the next level and get your credit card involved, find the show on Patreon, too. The boys thank you for your support. All right, now it's time to get back to the show. Because you know how whenever you go to the doctor, you always have like, you fill out the form and then the nurse comes in and they ask you everything that you had already put on the form. And then they leave, and then the doctor comes in, and you have to like you have to explain yourself three different times. Yeah, doctors are the fucking worst. I <laughs> yeah, know. I hate them all. Oh god, Ugh. I wish they would all die. Well, I have a doctor. Put this on your knee. Ugh, stick this on your armpit. You're gonna feel great. Drink this, and you'll shit yogurt. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey. All right. Office Space, 1999. Um, I'm sorry. I cut you off about... T- I'm, no, no, no. Okay yeah, now? no, I'm good. I'm good. No, that was okay. perfect. All right. So, okay. so, yeah. So, tell me... Um, so, tell me what was it like? Did you watch this alone? I watched this alone. I watched this today, actually. Ooh, I was making zesty. A- I was well. Speaking of zest, I was making a batch of kimchi while I was uh, while I was doing this. Josh, you I were was, making uh, a batch of kimchi. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Where could I get some kimchi? No, if you want to buy some, if you want to, if you want to buy some of my kimchi, which I make myself and I sell uh, online, it's uh, friends only kimchi. Uh, we're really just selling on Instagram. We're it's just me, and I have a website. <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, all of your probiotic friends that help with the fermentation process. Yes, and by probiotic friends, I mean my fingers. Okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> Go check them out. Buy it there. I wasn't prepared to plug, so obviously I'm not mentally capable of it. <laughs> yes. All right. So what did you, what did you think watching this this film? Uh, I had... I... I, I, I I had a good time watching it. Um, mm-hmm. I watched it and I immediately, wa- probably like you wanted to watch King of the Hill. Yeah. Uh, because that show's amazing and Mike Judge and all that. I was watching this and I really appreciated just the humor of it, of Mike Judge's kind of, his his artistic abilities at just like making the mundane feel fun and interesting and kind of writing those little characters that he usually does into his shows that are just like the most deadpan like wonderful characters yeah um in terms of the subject matter yeah i both got really into it and didn't get really into it which i know sounds confusing like uh i was really into it because i felt it was a little timely for right now or maybe not timely but it's just like here's a a job that somebody doesn't want to do but they're stuck in and they have to do it i don't know i feel like that's kind of maybe that's like timeless mm. but at least right now with like the current economic situation like there's probably a lot of people in this situation but again i was thinking like well this is mostly you know white white collar workers in jobs where they can just leave right you could just not do this so i there's a part of me was watching this and going like this all seems very like bunch of idiots like in a engine that they could all stop but they don't for some reason 
So we're going to watch them suffer. And I kind of had a hard time grappling with that through the comedy of like rooting for them. Hmm. Uh, and some of the jokes and some of the things are a little, a little dated now. Yeah. Uh, but I would say generally, like I had a good time watching it. Like it was a fun movie, but when I stopped and really thought about the movie, it kind of, it lost me a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, it had been a a few years since I'd seen this movie. Um, you know, I, I, I still come back to it every, I would say maybe every like five years or so. Um, and I, I definitely have, I like, I have such fond memories of this movie that when, when we went to go rent it, um, I saw that if I paid a dollar more, I could just own it forever. And I was like, Oh, that's a no brainer. Like, of course I'm going to watch this movie again. So like, that's kind of where I was at coming into watching the movie. And it, it, it. I do not regret that at all. Like it was, it was yeah. everything that I remember. Like it was just as funny as I remember. It it triggered the nostalgia bone. I'm sure that like the next time that I talk to my parents, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, remember Office Space? Um, I've uh, Morgan and I have been kind of primed for this because we've been watching King of the Hill for the last couple of months. Um, that's such a yeah, that's a great primer for it too because yeah. This is a little bit more of a send-up than King of the Hill is. King of the Hill is just slice of life. Yeah, King of the Hill is really, like, it's almost not a satire. Like, it's it's so kind of accurate to what life is like in, like, small-town Texas. <laughs> anyway, but but this movie, for sure, for me, um, it, it did... You know, what I was expecting was that... You know, when I was a kid, I had never worked an office job. I never imagined that I would work an office job. I always imagined I would be like yeah. an actor or I would I would be um, a marine biologist or some, you know, some kind of thing. I never imagined working uh, behind a desk, but I, I expected to kind of feel different about it or like notice new things, but I actually didn't. And I don't know if that's because work culture nowadays is kind of different like i've never had to wear a suit and tie into the office um mm-hmm. i i've been able to work from home at at the office jobs that i've had i mean i work from home now so like a lot of the stuff where it's like we need you to come in on saturday yeah it's like that wouldn't happen nowadays like people people would just either work from home or they would just figure out a different way you know what i mean like there's there's those kinds of things that make it sort of dated. Um, yeah. And and so I feel like it's interesting because I, I was expecting to relate to it because I've been a quote-unquote working adult for years now. But I didn't really because it still feels like a separate, <laughs> separate thing. I don't know if that makes any kind of sense. It does. Well, I mean, what it feels like to me is... And probably something that both helps it and hurts it is this feels like a movie for people that that don't work in an office space. Like it almost feels like all the jokes about working in office are really based on the most kind of blown out stereotypes of working in an office. Yeah. Whereas so it's like, you know, so everybody can kind of relate to it where I mean, of course, a lot of time has passed since this movie came out, but 
you can really drive into like the nitty gritty details of what that means working into an office, which I think is kind of what it's a little bit more about mm. when, like when you really get to it. And, you know, this movie does that, but I think because it just like, it really, you know, like you said, um, like coming in like on the weekend and like dodging your boss so that you know that whole idea of like if you don't talk to him you won't have to come in and yeah like just i need those tps now. yeah i need those tps reports like every you're getting like 10 <laughs> emails about the tps reports like it's all like kind of the the big like stereotype kind of i mean stuff some of that office. stuff is true though i gotta i gotta be real well, honest like this like the idea of having eight man or eight managers i don't remember how many he tells the bobs that he has but when he talks about like having so many managers and if you make sure. one mistake like it was really timely you're gonna hear it from everybody like, there was one time recently where i made a mistake and like that exact thing did happen where four people like one person called me one person emailed me one person skyped me <laughs> like and i was like no, no no i know i already fixed it like some of those things are completely timeless and like printers fuck printers i don't know what the deal is with with printer making companies but like every stereotype about printers is 1000 percent true why can they not figure out to make a usable printer it is so they're making printers that make you dependent on the company. You got to like hire somebody from HP and come out. They're not going to let you do it themselves. No. Yourself. That's that's unacceptable. <laughs> of course. And yet it it's is. still like that like there there's so many parts of the movie that are relatable in that way. And like and you know like you said it, I think it is at least partially made for people who don't work in like a quote-unquote office scenario because you've got the whole Jennifer Aniston arc with her working at tchotchkes and you know they want her to put all the different pieces of flair on um, i love that that place is called tchotchkes oh yeah <laughs> this is so perfect it's such a small detail that's so great <laughs> yeah i don't know i just i i had so all in all i had a really good time if i do if i do try to sit and think about like the plot of the movie like yeah, none of these characters are particularly likable, right? Like the guy Peter Gibbons, Ron Ron Livingston's character, like he's not likable. He like figured out a way with with his coworker to steal to like embezzle money from the company. Like that's not Yeah, and he almost breaks it off with his girlfriend because of a previous relationship that she had had that he has a ton of hang ups over. Like yeah, man. yeah, there's there's nothing about these characters that are that are likable but they are tragically flawed in kind of a way that's like i, I hate yeah. to, i hate to keep on bringing it back he's to, a good writer i hate to keep bringing it back to the king of the hill but it's like well yeah dale is not a good character but like he's very like no i'll use this movie like michael bolton like it is so funny that this white nerdy guy named michael bolton is like super into hardcore 90s gangster rap. <laughs> like I think my favorite part about cuz this happens in King of the Hill too, but it definitely happens in this movie. I I think something that I really like about Mike Judge is even though he doesn't really do anything important with it, he's really good at depicting casual white racism in his stuff yes. in a really funny way to kind of show that he's like 
Yeah, white people are terrible. Because one of my favorite parts of the movie is in the first five minutes when they're setting everything up and you see Michael Bolton in his car and he's blasting like 90s, like yeah. really like hard, like street, like 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 rap music. Right. And that's just, and he's blasting in his car and like getting down to it. And then like uh, a, a panhandler. A a panhandler like that's black like walks up to his car and he like turns down the music and stops like singing and then when the guy passes he turns it back up but he but, but like, he also locks his door he also locks the door he it's locks like, his door man and the other detail of- what a what a <laughs> clever depiction of appropriation like jesus what is your what is your favorite moment from the movie a moment that i really appreciated in the movie for some reason, I really latched onto it was when, you know, the main character has his whole awakening and he goes and uh, talks to Jennifer Aniston at uh, at Tchotchke's and he a- asks her out. Yeah. And while they're having this conversation, it's kind of like turning the light bulb on for Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston's character of like, man, I'm kind of in the same situation as you. Like, maybe I should like, oh, my God, like you want to go on this like date? Yeah, sure. Like, Oh my God. can we get this? Like I can have the things that I want. There was just something yeah. about that moment that I just kind of liked hmm. where it was like two characters that were just like repressed and like these things. And then they're both kind of like one awakening kind of mean another happened. I don't know why it's not really that impressive of a moment, but for some reason it just resonated with me. Hmm. I didn't really like, I didn't really like Milton. Like that whole character oh, didn't really like do anything for me. Yeah, it was a little weird. I I felt like that. It's just making fun of a a large guy with a stutter and big glasses. Like yeah, did, that is just being taken advantage of. The function in the story of him is like, here's what happens when you treat people as like the lowest of the low. Like here's what can finally happen. Sure is this guy is going to lash out and he's going to make good on his promise of like, and I could just burn the, burn the building down. Like he's, and then he actually does it. Like it, it happens. And so you kind of, I feel like you need that little bit of like deus ex machina to obviously yeah. to make the rest of the movie happen, um, to no, make the movie I, end I the way that it that, does. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess that that's kind of the point of him, but I didn't, I didn't find it as funny as I did when I was younger. Like, well, that's you were just yeah. We're not just jabbing. I am interrupting you. Please go. Ahead. No, 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 no. I'm agreeing with you. Like, I, I, yeah, it's kind of it feels punching down because it's like yeah. here's this nerdy fat guy and uh, look at his look at his crazy Coke bottle glasses and uh, nobody respects him. <laughs> like he actually got and they don't. They don't even let him have his moment at the end of the movie. They got to follow it up with a scene of him on a beach and he's getting ignored uh, yet again. Like the cycle continues. Big grains of salt. (laughs) He ordered a Mai Tai. (laughs) Yeah, what does he call him? I ordered a Mai Tai, but he got a margarita. Like he, I mean it, I have to say it is funny. Like he does a real, the, the, the actor, Stephen Root, like he does an amazing job. I mean, you you remember Milton, like oh sure, everybody's doing a good job in this. It's yeah, everybody. That's something we haven't really talked about. Like everybody does a good job in this movie. Um, the boss is like, 
I think that's the so like the champion good. role of the movie. I think it's Gary Cole perfect. is his name. Yeah, Gary Bill, Cole. Bill he Lumberg. Is absolutely hey peter that what's happening i think my favorite part is that he'll always ask what's happening and then the exact same timing after he just launches into whatever he needs talking. like every character knows it too they're like <laughs> because they never respond to that question how's it going none of them ever respond to that and then he just launches and i need this yeah i'm gonna need you to come in i love that <laughs> yeah it's he's so incredible he's so incredible that like so to actually this this is very timely. This just happened at work today. I was um I was assigning some tasks to somebody who who kind of works like works with me. Um but she is at a at a little bit of a lower level than I am and I asked her to do something and then I heard myself say that would be great. And I was so mad and disgusted oh. with myself. <laughs> I was like, "Well, oh. thank God you got to vent it by coming and talking about this on a podcast." <laughs> I just—it's just so funny that like things like that, like, "Hey, like, what's happening?" That would be great. I just—I can't believe that that happened. <laughs> well, that's why it's so funny. Is like I think for anybody in a leadership role, like there's at least one somewhere between one to like seventy. I guess a hundred somewhere. There's a percentage of that in everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't you can't really escape it. And like, I mean yeah, I guess he is what he he needs what he needs. But yeah, he just it, they do such a good job of of having him come across as such a dick. Um, all right. I, I think we're, I think we're ready unless there's anything else you need to mention about office space. Evan, do you take this lawfully created movie? You've used to this be one before. Your... I have? Yeah. Oh man, I'm not original <laughs> even to my own thoughts. What a good improv partner I am. I'm like, oh, you've made that joke <laughs> once before in the like almost a hundred episodes. Jesus, Evan. <laughs> I love doing comedy with you. Friends only kimchi. Um, all right. No, ask me. Evan, do you wanna eject and reject this movie or be kind and rewind it? I would give this movie a, a um, I'm actually going to give this movie a golden Totoro. Wow. I don't want to, look, I don't want to overuse it. How often do I give golden Totoros though? Well, you haven't. I have never given a golden Totoro, but I think this golden movie. Golden Totoro is my thing. I, Fuck off. I, what the, we're joint partners in this. We're yeah, 50, 50. and I'm—I <laughs> want my own thing now. Well, then go start your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Fine, I'm gonna advertise it right now. Come listen to me on my new podcast, uh, Bangers, and uh, you can follow us. Hey, <laughs> Bangers! Uh, That's it, just Bangers. <laughs> oh and, my god! Uh, All right, no, I this movie. With this movie is amazing. Talk about sausages. I. <laughs> Actually, I would I would listen to you talk about sausages. I I love it. I I I feel like it. If it, 
and I don't know. I'm sure somebody in the comments of our millions of listeners is going to be like, actually, there's an obscure Japanese sitcom. Like, I, even if it isn't the first, it's a classic in the satire of, like, the modern workplace. So just for that for that alone, it would already get a, a uh, Be Kind of Rewind. But... It's so well done. It's very tight. It's a short movie. It's only 90 minutes. Like, it's it's very efficient. It gets in, it gets the job done, and then it gets out of there. So, Golden Totoro. Yeah. I, I would be really... I mean, that that's very well spoken for. And, yeah, I could see why you, why you give it a Golden Totoro. We're really giving a season four. We're really this golden Totoro season. So <laughs> what? What do you give it? If you're a golden Totoro. Watch out. I'm uh, I'm gonna flip on this one. I think I am gonna give it a be kind and rewind. I think I'm being a little too hard on it. Wait, um, were you gonna give it a eject and reject? Yeah, I was. Oh, really? Because well, why? I mean, because honestly, just for the content, like I. I, it's a funny movie. It's well written, but just in terms of premise, I just didn't really like. I didn't really relate to it. It's just like all the stereotypes about office stuff. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess yeah. It's it's all funny, and I'm glad that the writing supports this. But if it wasn't as good in that regard, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't really care. Well, now that I've yeah, made I'm you just... explain why you would have ejected and rejected it, now explain. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Now explain why you're be kind of well, because I almost it. did. No, I'm gonna be kind of rewinded because it is it is very it, the comedy is very well done in it, and for what the movie sets for what it sets out to do, it's it does it pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. It wants to be just a very white collar. You know, here's a couple of people working in a software job uh, in the '90s and how they hate it and kind of using whatever vehicles they can to tell that story like they do it pretty well and there's the cast is very balanced the characters are very like rounded and like we already talked about you kind of empathize with almost all of them yeah in some way like even the ones that you hate you're just like yeah i still i get that <laughs> yeah definitely you just you can a couple of mindless people you can relate to everybody and one thing that we haven't really talked about is like the movie doesn't necessarily end in a super clean way. It's not like it's a super happy ending. I mean, when he takes the more blue-collar job, it's not a perfect job. Like, when he talks to his, his almost a roommate, his neighbor, like, his his neighbor complains about his job too, but it's, but it's kind of different. And, like, I feel like that's interesting, that he doesn't, like, go to this other job and he's like this is amazing and idyllic and like all my dreams came true he's just like you know what i'm not gonna work in an office anymore i still don't mind working for my living i'm just gonna do this different thing you know yeah yeah and i i'm I'm hoping that the point of that was just um you know you don't have to have the job that you think you're supposed to have to be happy because i'm sure at the time when this movie came out a lot of people would kind of see that as a step down oh yeah you know turning to a blue collar job even though like now like if you're in some parts of construction oh yeah forget about it so much fucking money yeah construction that's how you make the big bucks um and that Uh, that actually leads into 
my recommendation for what people could watch like as well as this movie um because everybody needs to watch this movie because my opinion is the best opinion <laughs> oh. what's your what's your recommendation um it's it's interesting i you know i was thinking of doing like the office of course um but actually a movie that came out pretty recently is pixar's soul did you ever see that no i haven't seen it it's on disney plus it it is on disney plus and you don't have to pay like a premium to watch it it's just it's just on there it came out on christmas day um so morgan and i watched it on christmas day and i really like the lesson of soul um without giving too much away basically the moral of soul is like yeah you can have your you can have your dream like you could have your this idea of what you think your dream job would be but it's also fine to just to have a day job and like have your passion be separate from that it doesn't those two things don't need to be like totally aligned and in sync and in fact like because basically the main character gets like a taste of that he gets a taste of what it would be like to be this like incredible musician who's like very well renowned and he's actually not he's not any happier or any more sad at the end of the day and like i just feel like that's such an interesting such an interesting lesson for everybody much less like children um and that I don't know, I just was getting those vibes when, like, at the end of this movie, I was like, oh, so he doesn't have it all figured out, but he's still doing something. And, like, I think that's kind of cool. Um, what's your recommendation? Oh, uh, The American Office. <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah. it's funny. It's funny. I've watched that series a million times through. It just doesn't get old for me. If you want to watch an Office Place comedy, just go watch The Office. Easy. Yeah. And I would say specifically the American office. I mean, I've watched the UK office before um, and it's pretty good, but it's kind of like, Oh, it's funny. It's funny, but but it's like the difference between mumble rap and actual rap. It's like, Oh, okay. So this, this I can actually understand (laughs) versus mumble rap. I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't really. Okay. I think, are you making fun of the British accent, sir? No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) No, it's not. Well, just. It's not about the British accent entirely. It's just about like, no, literally the way they deliver their lines is just like so flat and so like. Yeah, it's it's so depressed that it's kind of like, okay, this is a little bit harder to get into. I think it's not as relatable. And I, pl- I don't think you can beat um, the character Michael Scott in The Office. Just Steve Carell's yeah, he's, delivery of that character is like I, it's out of I would world. put him like actually even even more like of a lasting impact than Bill Lumberg, like the boss in this movie. Like I think oh, I think 100%. Steve Carell's performance is just oh, just incredible. It's it's. It, in it's unhuman it really it really is inhuman it really is every but a lot of people in there like rain wilson hey rain oh, wilson God. that's another uh he's a big chess head oh yeah i've heard about that i've heard he that he's that he's um and he's doing that 
All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Tapes, Tapes, Tapes. Audio mixing and original music is done by yours truly, Evan William Crockett. Our artwork is done by Kersey Barrett Torme. You can find her on Instagram at MadeByCursey, K-E-R-S-E-Y. And this podcast is produced by the lovable and huggable, and I can't wait to squeeze his bones, Josh Bowen. You want to tell the fine folks that they can support the podcast? You, I'm the producer. We. <laughs> watch, watch us do it. We're doing it. You can find us on uh, Shopify. Wait, can they? No. Oh. You. Oh, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, we. Uh, we do all of this ourselves. Uh, producing, editing, uh, all the things that make this real in our free time. Uh, and if you would like to support us and uh, support the creation of the show, because we're 100% crowdfunded, uh, you can find us on Patreon. We've got uh, two or three tiers uh, that you can donate for, donate towards, and you get some nice little perks. So, uh, yeah, go check us out on there. Uh, Patreon slash tapes, tapes, tapes. Ooh, tasty. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, we love you. We mean it. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.